glad you're here. You're going to, I believe you're going to get some answers today. How many need some answers, some things? And I believe it's going to encourage you. It's going to bring us to the door of restoration. And you know, last week I shared with you about David got angry at the lame and the blind Jebusites. And he says, I hate them blind and lame Jebusites. And today I want to talk about the hated enemy. And I want some things to, to click to you today. How many of you right now would say, you know, you could tell me right now, four or five, six people that you know who are going through a rough time, a very rough time. I mean, everybody probably could think of somebody that's going through something right now. And many times we wonder, why are we going through these things? Why is the enemy coming so strong? And I want you to see the scripture here. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 7 through 12, I want you to see here. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Aren't you thankful the time of the enemy is shortened? Amen. Aren't you thankful Jesus is coming soon? And it says the time of the enemy, he knows his time is short. And I just want to show this picture. I hope you can see it real clearly there. But it's the angel Michael getting a hold of Satan. And getting ready to throw him into the bottomless pit of fire forever and ever. How many are looking forward to that day? Amen. How many of you just enjoy in telling the devil? I know when he tries to tell you where you're going, aren't you glad to be able to tell him, I know where you're going. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at this scripture here. And it says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. They're all there. They're all going to be there. And they will be tormented. Come on, just say tormented. Tormented. You hear that, devil? Tormented. Day and night. Woo, glory. I can't wait to, to see that. Can't wait to see him thrown from heaven. But I want to show you some things here that the devil knows his time is short. And so you wonder why in the, just the last 10 years, the tragedies that are just building up, the tsunamis, the earthquakes, uh, everything that's going on, the diseases, the death tolls, all the different things that are going on. It's because the devil, it says, he knows his time is short, so he fights more cruelly, and he wants to come against us more than ever. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. If he can't kill and steal and destroy from you, he's going to want to make your life miserable. He's want, he wants to drown your faith. He wants to make you feel overwhelmed. He wants to defeat you because he knows he's doomed to defeat. I want to show you something. You wonder, it says that the devil knows his time is short and he's raging. I want to show you how the devil operates. This is a story in the Bible, and this is, shows you how the devil operates when he knows his time's running short. A man in the crowd called out to him, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, my only child. An evil spirit keeps seizing him making him scream. He throws him into convulsions and he foams at the mouth. It batters him and hardly ever leaves him alone. I begged your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you and put up with you? Then look, look what it says. Then he said to the man, bring your son here. Okay, here comes the time. Bring your son here. And as the boy came forward, the demon knocked him to the ground and threw him into a violent convulsion. 
But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, then he gave him back to his father and all gripped the people as they saw the majestic display of God's power. There's something I want to share with you that you're wondering, what is going on in my life? What's going on in my family? What's going on in this world? The closer that the devil gets from being kicked out, the angrier, the bolder, the deceitfulness, everything increases when the devil knows his time is drawing near where he's going to be kicked out. You think about the Egyptians. Moses went up to him in chapter 3, and he thought it was just going to be 1, 2, 3. God appeared in a burning bush. bush. He saw the, the snake, the stick turned into a snake. He saw all these signs and wonders. Then he goes up to Pharaoh, and he just thinks, 1, 2, 3, let my people go. And Pharaoh goes, I don't know your Lord. I don't care who your God is, and I'm not going to let the people go. Well, all of a sudden, Pharaoh says, you know, these Egyptians, are, they're, they're lazy, so let's just go ahead and make them start making bricks without hay. How many of you straw? How many of you know it gets harder sometimes before something happens? A lot of times we think something's just going to happen, and it doesn't. And so we just think nothing's happening, but it's happening. But the thing about it is, is that the devil's angrier than he's ever been before. And the devil knows that his time is running short. When the devil's time is running short, that's why you hear people... You hear people in their 50s and over say, you know what? I've never heard people talking openly about homosexuality. I've never heard of people talking openly about their sin. I've never heard nor seen things on TV or in music like they are today. I can't understand how they're saying some music and they say parental advisory on there and they're playing some of this music. I can't believe where this world is going. Well, you can believe it. Why? Because the devil knows his time is short. The closer he gets to being kicked out, the more angrier he gets. But aren't you thankful that God is on the throne? The Bible says in the book of Revelation that the enemy opens his mouth and lots of the waters come after the seed of woman, which is the church. He comes after the seed of woman. God wants to water the seed planted in you, but the devil wants to drown the seed of faith that's been seeded in you. He comes to steal the word out of you. He sends blasphemies. He sends degeneration. He sends these things to try to belittle you and belittle the word of God. And that's what the devil wants to do. It says here in Psalms 107, verse 27, they reel to and fro and staggered like a drunken man. They are at their wits end. Have you ever felt like you were at your wits end? Have you ever felt like I can't go anymore? I just don't feel like I can do anything because the enemy's just attacking me on the left and on the right. I mean, I get up and I get ready for church and while I'm going to get dressed or take a shower, I step on my glasses and I break my glasses. And then isn't it when you think that everything couldn't be any worse? Like I remember one time we were out of money and, and uh, our cat decided to go in labor. How many of you know when you're going through something, one of your animals are going to freak out on you? And we didn't have any money. All of a sudden, you know, the cat started going in labor and Cindy had to help deliver a few of the kittens but couldn't get them all out. And so we took it to the vet and the vet said, there's three more in there and I'm going to have to do a cesarean. I said, well, how much is that going to cost? And the vet said, about 120 bucks. I said, well, how much is it to put her to sleep? <laughs> and the vet looked at me and my wife looked at me and I knew that wasn't it. And come to find out... Come to find out it was more money to put the cat asleep than it was to do the cesarean. But there was a river across the road, so I thought, well, you know, but that wasn't going to go either, you know. <laughs> so the money that we had to live on for the rest of the month, guess what it went to? A cat cesarean. I mean, have you ever been to where you think, what else can go, go wrong? Maybe come in here this morning. I mean, hey, how many of you had one of them mornings? 
I mean, my wife and I had one in the mornings. I mean, I was totally ready. And then I had buttons decided they were going to pop for no reason. And then I had to find another shirt and go through this. How many of you just had one in the mornings? Maybe things just went on. The devil didn't want you to come here because he doesn't know, wants you to know why things have been coming at you as hard as they are. But you're going to get some information this morning that's going to encourage you. And you're going to go forward. But the devil wants you to get at wit's end. Now, James chapter 1, 2 through 8, you know this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, talking to the church. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's easy to say amen to that. But then when they say 120 bucks for a cat cesarean, you know, you know. For you know that when your faith is tested, your faith is tested, your endurance. Somebody shout out my endurance. endurance. We're going to see why endurance is so strong. My endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Look at this. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. That's what the enemy wants to do. That's why he's coming at you. If he can keep you unstable, he can keep you out of that realm that you're getting ready to go into where you can be promoted. Endurance brings promotion. It says when your, devo- vo- your endurance has a chance to grow, you'll be lacking nothing, wanting nothing because there's a completion. The devil thinks he's going to destroy you, but the Lord turns it around for good to make it a setup for your comeback so you can end up going into another level that you never even dreamed of before. And I'm going to give you an example here right quick. In James chapter 5, verse 11, it says, look at this. Indeed, we count them blessed. Somebody shout out blessed. blessed. Who what? Endure. Here it is, that word again. We count them blessed who endure. Now, here we go. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. Say that with me. The end intended by the Lord. The end intended by the Lord. It's not what the devil wants. It's not what man wants. It's what God wants and his purposes and plans. But it didn't look like that way for old Job, but he endured. And it says, and the Lord is compassionate and very merciful. How many of you know you've got to remember that intended end? When I see Sister Barbara here, I, I think about her intended end. It's not what was the doctor said a week ago, a month ago. When I think about Brother Percy, when I think about Sister Jessie watching by internet right now, when I think about those who right now are battling in their bodies, when they're going through different things in their body, I just want to praise God that it's not the devil's intended end, it's not diseases intended end, but it's the will of God's intended end. And that's what you got to look at. You got to believe that the ending of your story is going to be greater than the beginning. And God has the greatest thing still waiting for you. Can I hear an amen in here? Amen. Now, I want you to think about this. Job is one of the oldest men in the Bible. He was before Abraham. They believe Job was a king. In fact, they believe that Job was the king of Eden. Remember, God built a garden east of Eden. Eden was a city. And they believe that Job might have been the king of Eden. But anyway, he was one of the oldest living men in the Bible. And I want you to hear this. God purposely put 42 chapters in the Bible so he could open the veil of revelation of what goes on 
between the enemy, what goes on in the spirit realm, what goes on in these attacks of the devil. He opened up the veil so we could see some different things that we're going to see this morning that could encourage you. That God's not mad at you. The devil knows his time is short and he hates you. You've got to come understand that he hates you. And the name Job, Job's name means hated enemy. Job, his name means the persecuted hated enemy. That's what Job means. His mother and father called him that without even knowing that Satan was going to ask to attack him. Why? Because God exalted Job and the devil wanted to tear him down and he had no cause and no reason to do it. But how many do that? As the devil came after Job, God turned it around for good. You need to write this down. The devil hates your potential. The devil hates your purpose and the devil hates his, your, the plan God has for you and he wants to tear it up and he wants to get you out of the way. I love what somebody wrote about, Martin Luther wrote this. You know, Martin Luther, the reformer, he, in, back in the 1100s, he put up 99 theses on the wall and he said things have to change and he got tired of the spirit of religion. And the devil, he would even appear in his room and one time he even grabbed his ink bottle and threw it at the devil. But this is what Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said that the devil viciously attacked him this is what martin luther said the devil would say about him martin luther if it wasn't for that little monk i could go freely but that strong-headed monk hates and attacks my kingdom if i could just get rid of him do you hear that if he wasn't in my way I could just go any way I want to into that family, into that church, into whatever. But it's because he is in my way. I can't have my way. There's always been God's men and women, boys and girls, young people who stand in the way of the enemy and he wants to take you out. He hates you. He hates you. He hates you. But thank God that the love of God is stronger than anything that the devil would want to bring against you. But it says here that Job was a hated enemy of God. John Knox, a reformer back in the days, he said that the devil viciously attacked him because he hated him. I want you to see this at Esther 6.13. It says, since Mordecai, before whom you know your downfall has started is Jewish origin. You cannot stand against them. You will surely come to ruin. In other words, that Mordecai's in our way. Esther's in our way. David's in my way. Ricky's in my way. Chantel is in my way. Bonnie. Bonnie's in my way. There are so many people here today that the devil, Barbara, is in my way. If I could take Barbara out, I could discourage Buddy from continuing the prison ministry. But Barbara just keeps on going on, going on. She's just prettier than ever, stronger than ever, going far than ever. If I could take Ray and Eunice out, if I could just take Terry out, if I could just take them out, if I could just take the pastor out, if I could just divide the sheep, if I could just come against this and that. But how many of you know he's looking for those who's going to endure even when it isn't easy? Amen. Now, I know a lot of you right now, you've seen things in the news, you heard things in the paper again. And you say, how can they let it happen? The devil knows his time is short. He's full of hate and rage. Now, some of you may be visiting today, some may be watching my internet. The Lord wants to build a people. And I was bragging to Jake and Shane this week. You know, this year makes 30 years I've been in the ministry. I was saved in 69, licensed in 81, went to Honduras, came back, married my wife in 82, and we spent 18 years in the mission field and been here 11 years. That's endurance. 
This month, this year, ends up making 30 years I've been licensed in the ministry. Brother Shane, who's our children's church pastor, he's been with me for nine years. Jake and his family's been here over six years. The secretary's been here. She's in China right now. She's been here over 10 years. I mean, you see a long distance thing. And one of the things we know is that the Bible says that we've got to take heed, but we also have to walk in wisdom. We don't only do background checks on, on uh, staff. We do background checks on all the volunteers for any type of ministry. I mean, you've got to walk in wisdom, but you've got to prepare to endure because we know we have an enemy. And we know that the devil just waits for the perfect time because he wants to try to make the church look weak. He wants to make like the church is losing ground. He wants to put dirt on the name of Jesus Christ, on ministry, on ministers, and the word. But just like Job, the book of Ezekiel says that because of Job, because of Noah, and because of Daniel, judgment is not fully going to fall because the devil would like to take everybody out who is standing in his way. But I want you to know that there is still a lot of good people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. There are still a lot of good people who have not bowed their knee to the ways of this world and are not about to. I want you to know there are still a bunch of believers and ministers and youth pastors and worship leaders and Sunday school teachers. There are still a lot of believers born again who have not compromised purity, holiness, and the word of God. And they are still standing and enduring because just because a few might mess up, Jesus Christ is still still upon the throne and he is still king of kings and lord of lords do you hear me today church i've been here 30 years and i expect i'm gonna be here 30 years more at 78 years old i'm gonna start writing books because i think i learned something by then but mordecai's in my way i want you to see what god says about job and i believe this is going to answer some of your questions there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man, somebody shout out that man. There's a man and there's that man and there's that woman in here this morning. That man was blameless. Look what God is saying. That man was blameless and upright. And one who feared God and shunned evil. And it talks about his children and all of his possessions. And it, the last part says... Uh, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. God said that Job was the greatest. You wonder, I must have done something wrong. Why is the devil coming against me so strongly? It's because there's greatness in you. There's a seed that's something that God wants to do inside of you. So he wants to attack you. And then I want you to see Job chapter 1 verse 6. It says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where are you coming? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered, have you investigated, have you sought out my servant Job that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears the Lord and shuns evil. God says it again about Job. He's perfect. That's the one translation. He's perfect. He's great. There's nothing wrong with him. Now, I want you to take the picture here. I want you to see that the devil comes before God, and God asks Satan, Satan, where have you been? And Satan boasts. Man, I'm just walking all over the earth as I please. Ever since Adam gave up his authority, you gave me the earth. 
He says, I'm walking around, nothing stops me. I'm, I'm unstoppable. This is my earth. I can walk through it all with no hindrance. And God says, wait a minute. There's one place that you're not king over. There's one place you can't reign. And the devil goes, where's that? In Job's heart. You can walk through the earth, but you cannot get into Job's heart. There, I'm Lord. How about today? How about this hour? Can God say that about us? The devil's still walking to and fro. This devil's still looking whom he can devour. This devil still wants to come in like a flood. But the Lord says, but wait a minute. There are those who have greatness in them. There are those who have not bowed their knee to the world system and is not compromising the word. There are those who still believe in holiness and purity. There are those where I still reign in their heart before all things. God says... He's got a perfect heart. And you know what? You know what I believe that God was doing when he said he has a perfect heart? I believe God was rubbing into, the, into Satan because the Bible says in Ezekiel and in Isaiah that God, when he created Lucifer, the angel of heaven, he says, you were perfect in the day I created you. And all of a sudden, sin was found in Lucifer and God kicked him out of heaven. And here we find Lucifer standing before God. And God uses the same word that he had described Lucifer. Now he's using it for a created human vessel that stands by grace. And I believe God is rubbing in. He is saying, Lucifer, he's perfect. And Lucifer goes, that used to be my title. And God goes, ha, ha, You lost your title. And a mere human being gained your title as perfect. Don't you know that just rubbed it in? Don't you know when you conquer something in your life, it just rubs salt into Satan's bruised head? Don't you know the devil cannot stand to hear that you're perfect? He hates and yet he marvels. He says, I was created in perfection and I lived in perfection. Listen to this. I lived in heaven. I covered the throne of God and yet I failed. How can these believers stand when they're surrounded by sin, when they're surrounded by temptation? They're created with their own self-will and they stand pain, poverty, sickness, troubles. They, they stand in all these things without cursing God and I curse God and I fail. What causes these type of men and women to stand? What causes this type of person to endure when temptation is coming against them with everything they have and the devil's coming against them with all the rage there is? What causes these humans to stand? Somebody shout out, it's the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. Amen. Just give the Lord praise. It's the grace of God. Just makes the devil miserable. Wouldn't you like to know you made the devil's worst day? You made him miserable? Martin Luther used to say this. He said, let's sing, let's sing some songs just to spite the devil. When things are getting bad, let's just go start singing some songs. Let's just make the devil mad. I mean, Paul and Silas loved making the devil mad. I, I, I added something to David's scripture. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me, and I added in parentheses, and spites the devil. Aren't you glad that you could just praise God and spite the devil? Amen. The devil was, listen to this, the devil was attacking Job because he was doing everything right. 
So many people say, Pastor, I pray, I tithe, I read the Bible, I go to church, but it's still not working. Then maybe you're just doing everything right. I've got to have something in my life. I have people tell me, Pastor, I give you free open door to tell me anything you see in the Spirit. I say, I'm not your Holy Spirit. I can't worry about 600 people, how they're living at their house. I can't worry about you. I have enough, big enough job worried about me and my wife. No. You've got to see here that he hates you maybe because you're doing everything right. And God is getting ready to put you in a pedestal that millions of thousands of years later, somebody can tell you, have you heard about Job? Have you heard about Barbara and Buddy? Did you hear about Ray? Did you hear about Ricky? Did you hear about Bobby? Did you hear about these that just were about ready to have it over and God held them up and God promoted them? Amen. So I want you to look at this, Job 1.9. It says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Now I want to bring this to your attention. Job, uh, God, Satan is telling God, listen, why doesn't Job love you? You've given him everything. You've spoiled him. You've spoiled him. I've had people say, I've spoiled my children. That's why they're so rotten. People say, you know what? I've spoiled them. I've been spoiled. He was saying, God, you spoiled Job. That's why he loves you so much. And then God goes on to say, all right, then you may test him. The Lord just said to Satan, do whatever you want to with everything he possesses, but do not harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. This is what God is saying. Listen to this. It's a matter of the heart. This is what God is saying. He says, I know Job's heart. It's not the possessions that possess Job. It's me. You can do whatever you want to, but I know Job's heart. You see, when you've got that greatness inside of you, it's like I believe about David. We talk about David dancing before the ark, but you want to know something? Before David danced before the ark, David was dancing in the woods before God. Do you know what that crown meant to David? Nothing. It was like a Burger King crown. You saw those Burger King crowns that the kids used to? The crown didn't mean nothing. You know why? Because when the ark came in, he took the Burger King crown off. Thank God David didn't act like the Burger King man. But he took, he took the Burger King crown off. He threw it down. He took the robes off and threw it down. You know why? God says, I know this kid. This kid brags about me. I know something about this kid. He sings to me and there is no crowd. He sings to me before the sheep. Therefore, I'll know that if he can sing to me in the woods, he's going to sing to me in the palace. If he can praise me in the cave, he's going to praise me in the, in the palace. I know there's something special about this kid. And that's why David was a man after my own heart. And that's why the devil and everything else went to get after David and try to destroy him. But God says, I know David's heart. I know Daniel's heart. Throw him to the lion's den. He's going to get out. Go ahead. I know their hearts because the possessions do not possess them. I possess them. And God was able to say do whatever you want to to Job I trust him and I know him and he will end up making a fool of you amen now look at this then Job arose he tore his robe listen he lost his seven sons and his three daughters lost ten kids the house fell on him killed him like that he lost his, his cattle he lost everything he owned and it says Job arose tore his robe shaved his head and fell on the ground and, and what did he do he worshipped and he said Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And listen to what he says. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
And in all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God wrong. In all of this, listen now, Job never blamed God. He worshiped him. He never said, God, why did you do this to me? God, why is this happening to me? God, you are unfair. No, in all of this, Job did not sin with his mouth. He glorified God. Can you imagine from a millionaire to a beggar? You see these TV programs where these millionaires commit suicide because they can't start over again. Job went from a millionaire to a beggar living in the ashes. And what did he do? I bless you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I praise you. He worshiped the Lord. Why? You consider the end. Things are not my God. Listen to this. Even my children are not going to take my heart from putting God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things would be added to you. And I want you to see this. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Here it is again, that there is none like him on the earth. How do you know God brags about you? Blameless, upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And he still holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him. Look at this. Without, where, where is it at? Without a cause. Without a cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yes, all that man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now, touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out in the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. And he took upon himself a broken piece of pottery to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Have you ever had one boil? I've had, you ever had a boil? Can you imagine a body full of boils? Pain outside. Listen, pain outside and pain inside. Grieving yet hurting. And all of this, Job did not blame God. Now I want to show you something. When the devil comes in like a flood, he says, okay, I got another trick. Y'all watch this. Then his wife. If the devil can't get him to curse God, I'll use his wife. Oh, somebody's saying that's right. Don't say that's right. Because listen, it, he can use the husbands too, can he, ladies? He can use a lot of people, can he? Now, this is just an example of the wife, but I want to show you something. Do you remember what Samson said? When the woman got him to tell about his poem and she told her the Philistines, what did he say? Somebody's been playing with my heifer. That's what he said. Somebody's been playing with my heifer. In other words, somebody's been planting things in her mind to get her to come against me. Samson was a little country, so you got to understand this, our country boy lingo. But listen, the devil says, I've got my arrows. I know where to get them. Now, I, I thought about this. I, I bet this woman was thinking, you know what? Job, won't you just curse God and die? That way I can have your life insurance. Have you ever heard? You know what? You're worth more to me dead than you are alive. You know, you ain't doing us any good. 
you know, all this stuff. You're at your lowest. You know, she's going through her trauma and her pain too. And he's sitting there and he's scratching the boils and he was thinking, somebody give me sympathy. And when he comes his wife, she, he thinks, oh, she's going to bring me some lemonade. She's going to say, oh, husband, I'm so sad you're going through this. And why does she say? I just wish you'd die. Isn't it something when you're going it through it the hardest, people always have the, just the right thing to tell you? Especially those closest to you and those who love you. I just wish you'd get over it. But I'm dying here. Well, get over it. I can't help it. Well, get over it. Hello, church. The devil says, you know what? I can't get him to curse God, but I'll use his mate. I'll use her mate and come after and just try to tear you down. But you know what I like about this? Is that don't you know the devil got some demons together and says, y'all come here. You see this man in the ashes right here? You see his wife telling him, just curse God and die? He says, y'all come here. He's getting ready to curse God. God said he would never curse him. Y'all come make a circle and y'all get ready. And there's Job in the ashes. And he's just scratching all the boils and he's hurting. And all the devils and the devil is around. He devil's saying, God, listen to this. And Job all of a sudden looks up and just goes, I will praise the Lord anyhow. I know that my Redeemer lives. And in all of this, he did not sin with his lips. Your mouth drives the devil crazy if you use it the right way. Your mouth spites the enemy if you use it the right way. Your worship puts the dirt in his face and he cannot stand it and Job goes on to say but he said to her you speak as one of the foolish women speak shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity and all of this Job did not sin with his lips keep in your mouth watching what you say and not charging God wrongly I want to skip this scripture and go straight into Job here it says look at this and the Lord, somebody shout out, restored. Restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job how much? Twice as much as he had before. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And then it talks about everything that he had. Somebody shout out double. He got the double. I mean, here's, you heard of Job's endurance. Listen, somebody may be hearing about your endurance. Somebody may end up hearing about what you've been through and the torture of your heart. How many times you have gone through the same thing over and over again. But you just, I'm telling you right now, you just hold on in there. Don't you quit in well-doing. Watch over the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart. Let it all be acceptable in the sight of God. And you'll see just like the same God who had an expected end for Job, he'll have an expected end for you. Amen. Now, there's something very interesting that happens here. It says he had, he had some more sons and daughters. His first daughter means I have forgotten what I went through. And it goes on to say in the latter part, it says, After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations so Job died old and full of days shout out that's me shout out that's me shout out that's me even though the enemy knows his time is short and he's coming against you with everything he's got God is able to start doing things in your life do you know the Bible says that Job one day just got up and washed himself and ate and was refreshed I started thinking you know what Job got stoked he just got stoked up. He just got all excited. He got healed. He called his wife. That same lady, that same wife who was telling him, 
just die, end up giving him another 10 kids. 20 in total. 10 died and then she gave him another 10. Must not have been that bad of a woman after all. God restored everything. Listen, God even restored their marriage. She had a change of heart from wanting her husband dead to continuing to be the mother of his children. There was a change of heart. The enemy wants to destroy your life, your home, your marriage, your future. He wants to tell you there is no future at all for your lives. But the Bible says, look at Job as an example as he who has endured. Now, I know some of you today are enduring things in your physical body. I know the devil has attacked you in your physical body and just makes you just want to say there's no sense in even trying to continue. I know you may be here today and you may be on pain medicine because it hurts so bad. You may be here today with a broken marriage or a broken life. You may be here today with not a job. You might have got a terrible report from the doctor. You may be here today feeling like life is not worth going on. You may be here today and seeing your family go through something continually and it just breaks your heart every time. But what the word of the Lord has told you today that you are going to recuperate it all, that there is a double Forward a double portion anointing and portion that God is going to bring into your life if you don't give up and if you don't quit and you keep on enduring you may have to endure and enduring is not easy you may have to fight against the raging devil you may have to fight against the raging sea you may have to fight against the storm you may have to fight the pain you may have to fight the desire to give up you may want to fight the different things that are bombarding your mind but the Bible says the Bible says in James chapter 5 look to Job as an example of one who endured and obtained the promise. So wherever you are today, the word of God wants to encourage you. The devil hates you. What you're going through, it's probably not even your fault. The only problem is, is that you're a son and a child and a daughter of the most high God. And the devil wants to wipe you out. He wants to defeat you. He wants to discourage you. He wants you just to give up. But somebody shout out, I'm not giving up, and I'm not quitting. Would you stand up on your feet, please? Hallelujah. Just like it was in the end for Job, it's not the end for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As, as we come to this end right here, you may be here today, and you may say, you know, you're talking straight to me. I've been hurting so bad in my life this week. Maybe even today, you feel like you've been so pressured. You're so tired. You're so weary. You may be here today, and... As we take a communion, maybe you didn't even take communion because you don't know if your life is right with God. Maybe you're here today and you did blaspheme God. Maybe you blamed God for some things. Maybe you're here today and you say, this message got to me because I am the spoiled child. I'm the one who complains about not getting everything I want when I want it. I'm the spoiled child who gets mad at God because my life hasn't turned out the way it should. Maybe you're here today and you're angry at God because you're just not happy with the way things are. He's your father. He understands. The Bible says that the devil walks around as a roaring lion. One of the things I remember of my children is that when we would go to somebody's house and they'd have a mean dog, when that mean dog would come at us barking, my boys wouldn't run away. They would grab my leg. They would grab hold of me and not let me go. The 
devil comes around, he's trying, he's trying to terrify you. He's trying to make you run. He wants you to run in the opposite direction, to give up and to quit. The Lord wants you to know today that you can grab hold of him. You can jump in his lap, he'll hold you. Just stay close to him. The devil, the devil's not going to have his way with you. He's not going to destroy you. He can't destroy you without God's permission. And God has a plan and a purpose for you. So today, if that's you and you say, I need God to forgive me for my anger. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around because this is private between you and God. If you're here today and you've been fighting areas in your life that things just haven't been fair, so you've blamed God. You're angry at God. You think about just giving up. You're tired of enduring and you need grace given to you today. Would you just raise your hand right there where you are and let me pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, there's hands. God bless you. God bless you. If you say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm just tired. I'm just tired of this battle. If that's you, would you raise your hand? God bless you. Yes. I'm tired of this battle. I feel exhausted. I see your hand. I see your hand. If you're here today and you're angry about how life has turned out at this moment, you've been tempted just to give it up, just to quit. You don't feel like there's any sense in going on. Would you please raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Anyone at all, you just feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. Father, you said we can, in our time of need to run boldly to the throne of grace. And Lord, you see all of these who have raised their hands. You see the heart and the mind of these that, Father, just, Lord, they're tired. They're weary from the battle. They feel like, Lord, the horsemen have just plowed over them. They've done everything they know to do, but yet it just seems like nothing's changing. I ask you right now to strengthen them in the inner man. I ask you to embrace them with your strength that they are able to stand against all the walls of the enemy. I ask you, Father, to give them power to stand. That, Lord, right now they don't believe that they are able to, but they will be able to stand and make a mockery out of the devil. They will put make the devil be seen as a liar as he is. Lord, I just ask you right now by the power of your spirit, just to encourage their mind and their hearts. I just ask you right now to come within their eyes and allow them to see the truth of your word. Lord, our eyes have been holding for a long time now the things we've been looking at, the circumstances, the situations. But I pray anointing upon their eyes that their eyes will be open and enlightened to see revelation from your word that will guide and lead them into steps that are not able to slip. I ask you right now by the power of your spirit to be able to anoint our tongues, to be able to speak the word in season and out of season and that the meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth will not depart from your way. Lord, I thank you that the word of faith is nigh us and that is the faith you put within our heart, the faith that we believe and the faith that we speak. Lord, I ask you to encourage as the man cried out, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, there are these here today, their hearts are broken over their life and the way situations have been. I ask you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to rescue them and to restore them by your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your power of your spirit. Help them experience the atmosphere of your glory and your peace. 
And I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Now there's one more invitation I want to give you, and that's to those who don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Those, you're not living for Christ. Your life, you know your life is not right with Him. God cannot say about you what He said about Job. You know your life is not blameless. You know your life is not perfect. You know your life is not right with God. Therefore, God cannot say that about you yet. But I want to give you a chance right now, an invitation to allow Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life so that He will be able to say that about you. Covered by the blood of the Lamb. A sacrifice and atonement for your sins. If you're here today and you say, I need that in my life. I want to please God with my life. Just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus in my life. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? I need Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior. Christians pray. I want the believers praying. You're here today and your heart is so broken, so heavy. You want to please God, but you feel like you can't. Listen, he's ready to give you a new start. The end of Job's story was a beginning. What seemed to be the end of your story is a beginning. If anybody else here today, just raise your hand. I need Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Raise it up real high. Anyone else? Anyone else today? With those who raise their hand, would you come forward, please? Would you come and let me pray with you? Come and let me pray with you. Would you come, Christians, pray, pray, pray. At this moment, this is a sacred moment. This is a holy moment. Thank you. God bless you, my brother. There was someone else back there that raised their hand. Would you come? My sister. Would you come and get you give your life to Christ today? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as you come. He will make you whole. He will make you blameless. Come and stand right here. Come and stand right here. I need a brother and a sister with these precious people. Anyone else today? Christians, pray, pray, pray. He says, even if you have spots, Stained because of sin, I'll remove them with the power of my blood. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? This is a sacred moment. Christians pray. Anyone else today? I want to get my life right with God. You might have known Him. You might have served Him, but you've wandered away. Things have hurt you. Things have moved you out of His presence. Things have made you feel like just giving up. If that's you, would you please come? Come right now. Come right now and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior forgiver of your sins anyone else today anyone else at all anyone else at all thank you Jesus if you just put your hands upon your heart if you just put your hands on your heart because this is where we're going to ask Jesus to come in he is so happy with your decision today either hand you can hold her hand. You're going to go to heaven together right now. Amen. God bless you for coming. The Bible says that if we believe with our heart, confess with our mouth, we're saved. Nothing that we've ever done, aren't you glad I'm, you believe? Nothing that we've ever done or could do would make him give up on us. He loves you so much. He loves you just as much as he loved Job, David, and even his son, Jesus. That's how much he loves you. Come on, brother. Come. You want to get saved? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Put your hand upon your heart. 
I ask you all to pray with me right now. Dear God in heaven, forgive me of all my sins, rebellion, and all the wrong that I have done. Forgive me for blaming you for what's wrong in my life. Today, I give you my life. Wash me and cleanse me with your precious blood. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Father, that I am born again, that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my brother.